Our reading for uh, tonight uh, comes from the Gospel of Luke, the second chapter, beginning at the first verse. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which was called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was also expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. While they were there, she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. As we consider this important and beautiful text that you just heard Bill read for us from Luke chapter 2, I invite us to consider it by first asking a question. It's a question you've probably heard a time or two during this Christmas season if You've turned on the television or watched a Christmas movie. And here's the question. Are you a true believer in the spirit of Christmas? Uh, Maybe secondarily, we might ask, by the way, what is the Christmas spirit? But isn't it interesting that in our secular world, that folks around this time of year, around Christmas, chastise us oftentimes for not being a true believer. And we get teary-eyed sometimes when we watch those true believer movies. Well, if you believe a recent survey reported by our own KRQE this week, New Mexico is ranked 
48th out of 51 in the spirit of Christmas. By the way, 51, the 51st place was the District of Columbia. Now, many of us in New Mexico would beg to differ, wouldn't we? Well, here's the criteria they used. The article includes criteria that covers online shopping. Have you been looking for and buying Christmas items such as the elf on the shelf? Or Google searches for things about Christmas or Christmas decorations. It even calculates the acreage of tree farms per capita for each state. And it considers IRS charitable giving. Now, maybe some of those criteria capture some bit of the spirit of Christmas, but I hope tonight many of us would disagree, right? I suspect this article is a bit of that chastisement I was talking about earlier, encouraging us to really live out and try harder to have more Christmas spirit. Like those Christmas movies often demand. I mean, after all, if we don't have enough Christmas spirit, there won't be enough power to get the presents delivered all across the world tonight, right? This is the challenge, and it's put on you and me. But I want us to consider something tonight. Instead of being scolded, I have some good news for us. But the truth of the matter is, before I get to that good news, we need to hear this. Even more devastating than the calculations of that survey or the consideration if you're really a true believer or not, is the reality that none of us, neither you nor I, have the ability to make it a good Christmas. A friend of mine on Facebook was bemoaning this, saying, I've tried everything this year. It's just so hard. I've tried so hard to get in the Christmas spirit, and I just can't do it. And that's because it's not supposed to be on us. None of us, friends, can shoulder the weight of holding up the promise of Christmas. And we aren't supposed to. We aren't supposed to. The stress we often feel around, you know, finding that perfect gift. Or how about sorting through the ways in this particular year of trying to host the perfect gathering. How complicated is it in the midst of COVID-19 or some are calling our COVID Christmas, right? Or even trying to hold up family traditions. Sometimes the weight of all that is just unbearable. It's downright devastating. Look, these efforts we make aren't futile. They're not unimportant oftentimes, they're frequently simply acts of love, right? Wanting to appreciate our loved ones, honoring Christmas. But those efforts, when put on your shoulders or mine, become devastatingly, overwhelmingly 
too hard to bear. Because the weight of a good Christmas was never meant to be on your shoulders. Tonight I'd like to invite you to consider at the risk of sounding like a cliche Christmas movie to actually talk about the true meaning of Christmas. The true promise of Christmas. It isn't some philosophical reality meant for you to orchestrate, waited on you to make it all happen. No, in fact, it is a historical reality. A promise not kept by you, but listen, a promise kept for you. A promise indeed kept by God that we get to participate in, but held up, not by your shoulders, but by the one whose arms are outstretched ultimately on the cross. The reality is, it's not what you've done or will do, but what God has done and the promise that He has kept. Allow me to give you one of my favorite Christmas moments from a Christmas movie to kind of foreshadow what I'm talking about tonight. If you've ever been in any one of the surf confirmation classes that I lead around Christmas, you'll recognize this testimony. It comes from the movie Arthur Christmas, and at least once a year I have to bring it up. The elf assisting Santa in this high-tech operation in Arthur Christmas of getting the presents out shows up to help Santa, and there's a young boy asleep and to determine if, whether he gets a coal or a great many good gifts in his stocking. This little elf scans him. Now, many of us have scanned, been scanned a lot lately to get in and out of places, right? Well, this little boy gets scanned, and he comes up short. He lands on the naughty side of the scale. But not wanting to give that little boy a piece of coal this Christmas, that elf did something interesting. He took the scanner and instead scanned himself. Registering good instead of naughty, he gave to that little boy what he deserved instead. Spoiler alert, friends, all of us are like that little boy. We fall short. But what has been proclaimed to us in the Gospel of Luke tonight is that Jesus shows up and you and I are no longer measured by what we do. But instead, he scans himself and we're measured by what Christ has done. And so our daily calling isn't about measuring up or bearing the weight. It becomes a matter of just simply participating in the promise kept for us, not held up by us. So that leads us to the next question when you talk about being a true believer, right? What is it that we're invited to believe in this night? What is it? Is it the Christmas spirit as described by that survey? Or by those so many movies? And after all, like I said, it's not like we race around doing all of these good things just to increase our status. It's often out of love. Friends, let's remember tonight that the weight of Christmas does not 
rest on you. Lest we be overwhelmed. It isn't a promise you can keep. It's only one we can receive and we're blessed to participate in. So what is it exactly we're called to believe in then? Well, Jesus, that's the Greek name for his Hebrew name. I shared with you a couple weeks ago. Joshua, which literally means Yahweh brings salvation. And so that is what is being proclaimed to us tonight. We heard it, the Lord himself, Christ himself, brings salvation. Let me capture for you some of the emotion that this proclamation brings. We might not hear it in that familiar text, but as it would have first been heard in the first century, I want you to get a hold of some of the emotion of what's going on here. The kind of relief and gratitude. An example might be what it was like, it might be like for a parent when Salvation Army provides one of those toys that we gave and gives it to a parent so they have a toy to give to their child for Christmas. Such relief and gratitude and rescue. Or like what it must have felt like, maybe go to another one of the those movies, this time a World War II movie. Maybe you haven't seen them. Maybe you've lived it and experienced it. When troops are on the ground and the air support comes rushing in and they know, ah, support is here. The rescue has come. We're going to win this victory. We are saved. Or maybe to just capture this emotion even more, maybe it feels like when a, a vaccine arrives by God's work through the vocation of scientists. I even saw a state roadside sign that said, hope is here. And I was thinking to myself, well, yes, it is. Now, I know they were talking about the vaccine, but the truth is, what we proclaim tonight is that hope is here because Christ has come. Jesus has shown up. He showed up incarnate, in the flesh, the incarnation. 2,000 years ago, first, to make sure that we would know, yet still this night, that Christ Jesus is the promise keeper. Jesus keeps His promise. He keeps His promise by showing up. And He bears the weight that you and I cannot. He brings salvation. He brings hope. It's not on you. It's on Jesus with His outstretched arms of love on the cross. How can we believe this? A professor of ancient history at Michigan State University and also a pastor, Dr. Paul Meyer, talks about some of the greatest moments in human history since humanity was created. He includes the incarnation that we're celebrating tonight, the crucifixion, and the resurrection of Christ. And Dr. Meyer has spent his entire career critically looking at the evidence in history for these cataclysmic, life-changing events. And his conclusion, as you survey his many books, is that you can trust that what Jesus has done is a historic and historical reality. 
we know really showing up matters because you and I know intrinsically, don't we, that showing up is everything. For those of us who've had the experience of a parent or a spouse or a loved one or a best friend not keeping their promises, we know how devastating that is. And so someone who keeps their promise by showing up is everything. Think of the beautiful viral videos we see all over the place year long, but especially at this time of year. When a mom or a dad, a soldier, surprises their family. You see that video, you can't help but have a tear fall down your cheek when they surprise their family that they've come home for Christmas. Showing up really makes a difference. It's another reason why in normal times we will often spend millions to be together, to travel on Christmas. We feel the separation of that as the virus continues to plague us in so many ways as we feel the weight of being separated and socially distant. Zoom even recognizes this by making their product a free subscription with unlimited minutes over these Christmas days so that everyone can find a way to be connected. Friends, no virus, no human circumstance, no decree by Herod, no decree by Caesar Augustus will ever stop God from showing up. In fact, God uses Augustus's decree to keep his promise. Augustus, the nephew of Julius Caesar, decreed that folks should head back to their ancestral home to be counted for this census. In case you're wondering, did this kind of thing really happen? As Mary and Joseph would indeed travel from the region of Galilee about 100 miles to get to Bethlehem. And therefore, fulfilling the promise that the prophet Micah had Proclaimed, and many of you remember this when we went through Micah earlier this year, hundreds of years ago that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Well, how can this be? Well, we now know decades ago, archaeologists found in Egypt the same kind of decrees from folks like Caesar Augustus that would articulate these same exact kind of requirements. So God keeps his promise even to the minuscule detail. From prophecies given long ago, God keeps his word. And he does it by faithfully showing up. This historic reality has marked how we count time in the world, right? B.C. and A.D. with his birth intersecting the two. Now I know B.C.E. today. but it has cosmic reality on how we count time. But it's even more personal than that. Have you ever thought about it, as one pastor pointed out? Personal ramifications, that even how you date your birthday is based on the birth of Christ. Your life is literally marked by the reality of the birth of Christ. It's not some fairy tale or fake news. 
It's a historical reality. You can travel to the places where Jesus grew up, where he lived, died, and even rose again. More beautiful even than our New Mexico sunsets over the Sandias is the reality that Jesus came to bring the hope and joy of salvation. So friends, I invite you tonight to consider this on Christmas Eve. Will you receive this gift? Now remember, just as silly as it might be tomorrow morning when you're opening up presents and if you were to pull out your wallet and say, well, well, how much do I owe you? It'd be offensive, right? Somewhat ridiculous. Well, that's what it's like when we go to God and say, well, what do I need to do to earn this gift? We can't earn it. We can't pay for it. We can only receive it. It's impossible for you to pay for this very personal, life-changing gift. It would take the same kind of hubris as one who would take their wallet out on Christmas morning to say to God, well, let, let me do it myself. As one pastor put it, the Christmas, Christmas and the incarnation mean that God went to infinite lengths to make himself one whom we can now know personally. Because he shows up, he was born to die. Even the gifts he received pointed to that. The frankincense and myrrh would be used as part of his burial. So we don't have to be separated from God. He took on that separation when he went on the cross. He keeps the promise. He bears the weight that we cannot. You can, in fact, this night, be a true believer when you receive this gift. Held up not by the weight of your word and your ability to believe, but by the weight of His word and the gift of faith that He gives to you freely. I invite you to receive this, the most expensive gift ever given. As you come to this table of grace tonight, as you confess, repent, receive, and then participate in the promise Jesus is indeed the Lord of the universe, but he also tonight wants to be the Lord of your heart, of your everyday life, today and every day going forward. He wants you to experience the transformation that you can experience when you stop trying to carry the load and allow him to do it. This indeed is the true Christmas spirit. Of course, it's because it's the Holy Spirit, God with us that makes it possible. God himself has shown up and poured out this gift for us. And he invites us this night to only receive it. Won't you receive this precious gift tonight? In Jesus' name, amen.